You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Run It Back. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Run It Back. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton, and joined with me today is none other than Ella Wiley. And I know, y'all, I've been gone for a little bit. I apologize. I've had flights canceled. I have work kicking my behind, so I haven't been able to do the episodes as much as I have wanted to, especially since this has been such an eventful week of K-State women's basketball, like every week is. But I know, Emma, we're going to start off with... Gosh, I don't even know what we can start off with. We had Yoki tearing out. It was like a surprise injury a couple of weeks ago after there was a forfeit against TCU and their whole situation in Fort Worth that they got going on over there needing to have tryouts because literally half their team got hurt. And then from that point on, we found out we're not going to have Yoki for the next four weeks. And I know me, myself, and Clara slightly bit worried about what this team was going to do without Yoki be on the floor for the next, you know, four weeks of the several games that they have in that time span. But Emma, they've actually, they've actually not done too bad. Yeah, I'm pretty exciting or excited. I actually went to the game yesterday and um, sat on the sideline with Hannah and it was a nail biter at the end, but I'm so glad that we pulled through and actually got the W. I'm not going to lie. Like these last three games after we found out that Yoki was going to be injured. Of course, it was KU, number 13 ranked Baylor on the road, and then, of course, BYU. All of these made me sweat. Every single last one of them made me sweat, but this is just a testament to what kind of team that we have currently in Manhattan, Kansas. Because you start up, obviously, KU, Sunflower Showdown, ginormous crowd. I forget the numbers, but it was a lot, it was a lot more people there than Texas and I think that was 7,000 that was there against uh, when they K-State played against Texas and then KU lost their best player I think Jackson and it was a it was a struggle it was a back and forth throughout the entire game I was stressed I was watching on my phone from a hotel in Vegas I'm not supposed to be stressed out while I'm in Vegas but guess what that's what they did but either way they were able to pull that out and then you go on to Baylor now that Baylor game Nemo might have been the best of the season I was I watched the first half on my phone once again I was still in Vegas because my flight got canceled I was watching it it was looking really bad it was looking rough we were down 13 at some point at one point and another we had like three turnovers back to back then Serena Sundell got hurt and I was like you know what I'm just gonna shut this I'm just gonna close <laughs> I'm just gonna close out this app before it drains all my data and I'm just gonna set it aside and pretend like I'm not thinking about it and as soon as as soon as I as soon as I did that, K State going on runs and K State ended up winning. So that's the sacrifice that I am willing to make for the rest of my days for K State to win a game. I will not watch that game because as soon I check, I, I go back check the scores, check the stat sheet. We're like, oh snap, we're only down six. Let me close this right back up and put it away. But what they've done in that Baylor game, especially the second half, Emma, they are able to get some scoring of it. Anywhere else other than Yoki, and that's what's proven to be the difference for the number 14 ranked in the country. Yeah, last year, well, like, comparing last year's team to this year's team without Yoki, it's still day and night. I mean, unrecognizable. And that's, I don't, I can't really put my finger on 
what changed. I know we're getting some like movement from girls that we didn't have last year, weren't seeing on the war last year. But it's just, it's so, so different. I wouldn't have imagined that we would have been in this good of a position without Yoki. I mean, you can't replace anybody like her. Not just like her force, but her size too is just unreplaceable on the court. But these girls are really filling in those shoes. And I mean, like they're getting they're getting scoring from from everybody. I know last year it was a bit up and down who you could get scoring from. Obviously, Gabby Gregory was the catalyst for scoring last all of last season without Yoki and of course Serena Sundell. She you know she you know get in there with probably like say like ten points a game. That's I think that's what she averages around 10, 11 points a game last year. At least during that time, she got really going towards the end of the season, and then. You know, it'd be a little bit sporadic from that point in time last year. This time, everybody on the floor and on the bench is contributing one way or another. And they have been this entire season, but even more so now that Yoki is sidelined for the next couple of weeks. Because, I mean, sticking with that Baylor game, you had Serena Sundell getting 60 points. Obviously, she's been killing it this entire season. So she's going she's gonna to give you like 16. That is no surprise whatsoever. Then obviously you had Gabby Gregory. She's had struggles offensively this season, mainly for injuries. She's had a wrist injury. She's had shoulder injuries. She's had ankle injuries. Every single one of those things that I listed is going to affect your shooting motion one way or another. So she's able to get some offense and have 16 points against that game. But the name I am circling the most and one I've been waiting to see at some point this season because of how well she played last season was Eliza freaking Moppet. Eliza Moppet, 16 points, 9 rebounds against 13 ranked Baylor in Waco. We have like, we now we have a really intimidating atmosphere, but Baylor has that as well. Baylor's been good. Baylor's been the top of the Big 12 for many, many years. And without a Yoka Lee in one of the toughest games that we have played since her absence, they went in there, got it done by getting contributions. From Eliza Moppin, who is the most athletic player on the floor at all times. That right there was huge for them. I agree. And I, I noticed something in that game and I've continued to notice. And this is probably just obvious. But like that game had me biting my nails because how many times that we allowed players to go in the paint. Um, usually, <laughs> usually Yoki's that big body that can keep everybody out. And it was just frustrating that we couldn't like push people to like three point line and maybe make them miss half their shots there. Um, and that's the biggest factor I've noticed with her being gone overall. But Eliza, I agree. It's just like, especially that Baylor game, I was so thrilled to see her step up and uh, get some things done because, yeah, that Baylor game would have been a disaster. It really, it just, because, like, this was, what, a three-point game case that ended up winning 55-58, down at 13 at some point in the first quarter, ended up being down nine at the half. Lucky to be down nine, considering all that transpired in the first half with the turnovers, with, it looked like, because, like, when I, when I saw Serena twist her ankle, didn't put any weight on it, and went back to the locker room, that's when I, that's when I shut it down. That's when I closed the app, that's when I was like, this is, I'm, I don't I don't need I don't need this right now. I'm gonna keep checking back. But right now that's it. My heart broke because like we can't we can't lose Yoki and Serena. I'm like, this is 
I was in shambles, okay? I was in complete shambles. But she was able to come back and do what she does best, and that's get buckets, all right? But still, Eliza Maupin, someone I... Because we didn't see a whole lot of her, really. I know we were trying to find... Or Coach Vinny was trying to find, you know, that second player behind Yoki. He put Amani Lester in a few times. Haven't seen a whole lot of Greg, um, Heavenly Greer the last few games. I wonder if she's injured uh, or so, but... We saw her a little bit earlier on in conference play, but we there were games where Eliza didn't even touch the floor. And I was like, dang, I really hope for the CD Eliza more because she was so good last year. Coming off the bench as a true freshman, not having played a whole lot of basketball necessarily in her career, but she's so athletic because she was a high jumper. That's that's what she does. Like she like her athleticism jumps off the screen whenever you're watching her. Like it is, it is there. So I was hoping to see more of her this year, but now she's getting her opportunity since Aoka Lee is out and she's and she's making the most of it. Now the thing is just how do we make that a little bit more consistent? How would you say like maybe she's gonna take a couple more jump shots? She took a really huge jump shot against Baylor. It turns out to be a three-pointer in order for them to get the lead, I think, in the third quarter, the first lead of the game. Then it was back and forth from there on out until they ended up with the win. But it's just it just pays dividends because this is who we've been wanting to see. And these games without Yoki and going into the BYU game, which we're going to talk about in a minute, it feels like, because that game was close, it feels like we're playing March basketball in January. Like, this this is like that intensity where anybody like anybody can get God. That's obviously the league in, in the first place because Big 12 is just as insane on the women's side as it is the men's. But it's like we're playing March basketball in January, and that's exactly what it feels like with them having to figure things out without Yogi. Well, whenever you're at the top, everyone's going to give you their best. And that's what we've been seeing these past couple games. And I mean, without Yogi, it has been a little closer than uh, comfort. <laughs> but I mean, without Winter, I feel like without a doubt, we have a chance at a Natty this year. And that is very exciting as a K-State fan. Um, I could more excited for the for the girls and I'm just saying I called it last year so uh, I should have put a bet on it but <laughs> I didn't maybe I could have made some serious money honestly though like I I knew that we were going to be good this year but they have exceeded all expectations like 20 and we're 20 in one they've passed last year's win toll at 19 literally what a few weeks into the into the uh, big 12 conference schedule yeah surpassed any expectations I had I, I was thinking like okay yeah we're gonna be I think we're gonna be ranked I think we have the ability to be ranked for the entire season boom great you know between 25 and you know 15 that's that's where I thought like you know yeah I think we can do that he's done I, that's like if I would have bet money on just that range right there I would have been making bank but bro you're telling me number four in the country yeah or four a lot of there's a lot of good teams there's a lot of good players the K-State being one of those teams, number four potentially, potentially can be number two because UCLA has two losses and they're ranked number two. Colorado just lost this past week. They're ranked number three. We only have one loss on the season. We have the second best record in all of women's basketball behind South Carolina who remains undefeated. So you're telling me what's the reason for us not to be ranked number two? I did not see us being ranked number two in anything at the start of this season or even last season i had no idea but my god they've they only lost, lost. 
the only loss we have is against Caitlin Clark. So we can be a little. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know. That's like, oh, gosh, am I blanking now? Um, it's gone. <laughs> it's all good. I mean, I I it was going to be. I, it was going to be good, but it's gone. Oh, I was going to talk about how, like, when um, we beat Iowa at the beginning of the season, I know Mitty was talking about, like, we did this last year and this was our big win. Like, we can't just let this one be our big win. We have to build off of this. And this is just going to be one of the ones along the way, to, one of the ones <laughs> along the way, road to the top. Like, we're going to make it there. This is what's going to set apart this year from last year. And he was so right. No matter how um, how down Coach Mitty can sit down when he talks about his team, I think he has a lot of confidence in those girls. And he was completely right. Like this Iowa game was just uh, one on the way to the top. So and honestly, like right now we're we're ranked ahead of Iowa once once again. Like I'm just I I can't I really cannot speak on this enough. Like, yes, the opportunity for us to win a natty is it, it, it is right there. I know how hard that's going to be because essentially teams who win national championships have been in that is been in the mix for at least a couple more years before they had that chance to either even go to a national championship or even win it. And for K-State to do it, they would have it would have been completely out of nowhere. This is a team the year before was in the WNIT. Won a couple games in, only had 19 wins, didn't win a single game on the road, and then the very next year win a national championship. Someone tell me when the last time that happened. Because I don't know. Some historian who watches this, listens to it, I don't care. Let me know when the last time that has happened. Now, I don't know if that really will. Not saying that we're not going to make no noise in it. But if this is something that can be consistent over the next few years, then... That's that's something that's going to happen. I know Virginia Tech; they were in the mix last year. They kind of they've been they've been good for a little bit, but they still kind of came out of the woodwork to be like, "Wow, you're Final Four team." Not people necessarily saw that coming. Say the year before and a couple years after that, but normally it's your team like South Carolina, like UConn, like Iowa. Now that they've had Caitlin Clark since the start of her freshman year, and they build up to even going to a national championship last year. Then obviously LSU once they got Kim Mulkey. Yeah, they're going to be a consistently good team because they have Kim Mulkey, right? So it is for K-State to do. I'm not saying that it is going to happen, but that possibility for the playing for and maybe even winning a national champion, national championship essentially coming out of nowhere, that's, that's history not only for K-State, but I feel like that's going to be history for the entire NCAA women's basketball organization. That's, that's just me. That's just me because someone tell me the last time that happened because I have no I damn deal. All right. And I may have not made a bet on it last year, but I made a bet a couple weeks ago. So <laughs> now I wish betting sports betting was legal in Missouri because I don't know. Maybe I like to cash out a little something, something here too. <laughs> but uh, we're going to take a quick, short break. But before we do that, I got to give a shout out to our very own Home Field Apparel. Get your shirts, get your hoodies, get your hats. Get whatever you feel is necessary. I got this sick t-shirt K-State basketball shirt on me right now. Please go get you one. It could be twins, I right? So please hit up homefieldapparel.com. We'll be right back on right back. 
We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. kcsn.substack.com We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Welcome back to Run It Back with Jasmine Halliburton. And I'm, of course, with Emma Wiley. All we're talking about is K-State Women's Soup because why the hell not? They are the best damn team in Manhattan, Kansas, and they deserve to be talked about every single minute of the day. I, and of course, we talked about the games, the stress that they have put us through without Yoki, but they have still been able to eat out a win and do so in distressing, nerve-wrecking fast. And my God, but baby, a win is a win. Okay, I know we didn't talk too much about BYU, but now we're going to talk about that now because what was it? Another game that stressed us the hell out. But either way, the result was the result. K-State won 67-65. to And reading the scores off that, Gisela Sanchez, she went off, taking once again another another player who's kind of trying to fill in that role after Yoki's been out for the next couple of weeks. Someone who's getting even better and better offensively. We knew she had a pretty jumper. We knew at one point in time that jumper was going to fall, and baby, it did against BYU. She was the leading scorer with 18 points. And, of course, Serena Sundell being Serena Sundell, she had 14. Gabby Gregory finished with 10 points after, I think, having none in the first half. I'd have to check that out when I was watching the game. But, Emma, it was, it was, another, it was another close game. It was rough. Uh, I, well, it, was, it was rough. You were, you were at the game. You were at the game. Uh, the crowd was doing, you know, the best they could. I could hear y'all uh, when I was watching it on TV. But the reason this game was close, and honestly, I'm not I'm not worried about this game, essentially, because the reason it was close was because K-State was shooting, like, what, 36.1% from the field. They were missing some easy bunnies that, that normally they're, they, like, they're not going to miss. They, like, they don't miss those type of shots. And they were just, those shots just weren't falling against BYE, right? And then 
he's able to, you know, free throws as a, as a late, actually throughout the whole season. Free throw percentage as a team has been not great. A lot worse than they were last year. They're actually, as a team, like what? 60-something percent, 70-something percent. I don't know. It ain't great. Even Serena Sandel, I think, is shooting like 68% or something like that at the free throw line, which, yeah. Last year, I think she ended at like 80-something percent, so it's a little little upsetting. Yeah, like, Dell has a team with the free throw shooting is 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 not great they gotta they gotta get that back on par because they're getting opportunities to go to the line but the reason another reason why this game against BYU was so damn close is because they missed 10 free throws you missed 10 free throws in a two-point game y'all y'all let that muster and do that math all right and in any point in time this game would not have been close if they were able to make even half the missed bunnies that they did and I think that throws like we're such a big part of the game, especially when you watch the end and how it, and like how it came down. And I hate when a game comes down to free throws like that when you're just fouling right off the bat, right when the ball comes in bounds. And that's exactly what it was. The last minute of the game for them was just as soon as somebody got the ball, you'd kind of give them a little tap straight to the free throw line, and uh, it makes it even harder to watch. It was it was rough to watch, especially they were missing like what they would they were, every single one of them seemed like they just went one for one at the free throw <laughs> line, and like, yeah, hey, K State went to the free throw line so many times last year, and they were one of the best free throw shooting teams in in the Big Twelve. Here, I'm I'm pulling I'm pulling these stats right now with free throws shooting. Where are we at? Where are we at? Let's go, miscellaneous. Damn, where is that? Here we go, right in front of my face. Yeah, K-State is... Oh my God, they ranked 12 out of 14 teams in free throws, shooting 69.5%, or yeah, 60, yeah, 69.5% at the free throw line. What the hell is that? All right, now let me the nation. <laughs> in the nation, I, the nation one, I don't know, but in like in the Big 12, they are bottom. Oh, the big t- I'm just getting in free throws. I'm trying to see what they were last year. I wrote this down earlier on in the earlier shows, but I don't feel like flipping through my pages trying to find that for y'all because that'd be really annoying to get that flipping through the mic. So as soon as this keeps loading up, their free throw percentage last year, let's see, was they were number two in the big 12 by three, three free throw percentage. They were shooting 70, 77% on the year for three cents. So let's 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 think about that. 77% last year, second in the Big 12 behind Iowa State. And then there what did I what did I say 60 69 60 whatever somewhere in there. Either way, cheeks. It's cheeks. Granted, they are 20 and 1. There's not a whole lot to complain about and I understand that. But I know these last couple of games where free throws did like it, it mattered and you're able to still get the win that's why i can't complain too much because a win is a win they're 20 and one and they're ranked number four in the country you're not going to have a whole lot to complain in the first damn place all right but still when i was said that it feels like march and january as far as the games they've been playing free throws that that it would is that's the difference between winning these games and losing these games and they were very close to losing these games on the free throw line that's that's what it was. Yeah, and honestly, 
So the the crowd there was crazy last night or yesterday, like late afternoon. And it got to the point where the crowd was almost being quiet because everyone was so nervous. You know, there's that point where everyone's exciting and excited and they're so loud. And then there's just like crickets for a while and everyone doesn't no one knows what to do because it's just so intense at the end of that game when it's coming down to free throws. And we can't even, you know, like you said, we were going like one for one and I mean, so were they, but when we're number four in the, the nation right now, free throws are something that should come free. We shouldn't have to, we shouldn't be in the 60% range. And I can't imagine where we'd be on the board if, uh, like, overall in the nation, if we're shooting up in the 80, 90%. Of course. And, like, and I, and I understand offensively, it's, it hasn't been the obvious, the strongest area of our game this season defense, gap goat. That's the golden child of Manhattan right now. Defense is defense is what's going to win championships. All right, it's going to give you an opportunity to win championships. So that's that bread and butter. BYU, that's they got the highest point total that any other team has had against us outside of of Iowa. They scored, I think, what seventy points second time around, and then BYU scoring sixty five. I think that's the most points anyone else has scored on K State literally all season out, outside of Iowa. And Coach Mitty said that wasn't like the best defensive performance, probably like one of the worst defensive performances that they've had this season. But I mean, like I said, you're number four in the country, 20 and one, not a whole lot to complain about. But I mean, sometimes we just got to think, damn, even on our worst days, you can't mess with us. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's kind of, sometimes you just got to think about it. Even on, even on our worst days, you still can't mess with us. And I understand BYU was what Lauren Gustin, she was eating, she she was in in case they in case they finished she had what twenty five points twenty one rebounds. She ate that, but as as I was watching this game, all I could think about was like, mm. I'm so like I was like, it it wouldn't make close to Yo Yoki would have had that behind it would have just ate and just would ate her up like this you. I just gave 25 and 21 on your keep. Oh, I'm sorry. You were like, you're not going to do it. The looks that she was getting, I'm like, but I'm just, that's what I was watching it the whole time. I was like, bro, you not let this whatsoever. And this wouldn't have been a conversation on how close the game was against you and you. It, it, would, it would not have been close. She would have packed her up and start on her way back to Utah. And that would have been it. That's just how, how crucial it is to be playing these few games without Yoki. Because I'll just say, Lauren, Lauren, she's good. She's a great player. She was tearing our behinds up. But Yoki, she, was, she would have shut that down immediately. Immediately. Yeah, let's remind everyone that Yoki has the NCAA record for most points scored ever in a, a women's basketball game. Uh, and yeah, like I've been saying, we were just, especially yesterday, letting too much go in the paint. Um Struggled defensively. Mitty talked about it. I mean, everyone kind of knew it, but we we did good. We got it done. Like you said, a win's a win. But I can't. I just I can't wait to have her back. Have her on the court. She's so much fun to see on the bench, cheering everyone on. She's such a great cheerleader, but she does even better out on that court. And like guys, I'm I'm gonna keep preaching this, but I'm like. There's not a whole lot to complain about with this team whatsoever. I'm going to scream this to the cows come home. 20 and one. 
They are ranked number four in the country. Have the opportunity to be ranked top two by tomorrow, by Monday. And I think they, they, they should be ranked top two. Fingers crossed, all right? Like I said, once again, not a whole lot to complain about. But the last three games without Yoki, obviously KU, Baylor, uh, BYU, once again, all dubs. BKU 69-58, beat Baylor 58-55, beat BYU 67-65. Despite the numbers that I'm going to read out to you right now, that is a little bit shaky, but once again, still able to fight out a win. K-State has been out-rebounded and has given up more pay points in these last three games without Yoki. K-State, actually they had the same amount of rebounds against KU 34-34, but points in the paint, K, uh, KU had 36 to K-State's 28. Baylor, they were out-rebounded, 33 to 29. Points in the paint, Baylor had 30 to K-State's 28. This game against BYU, that was one of the most nerve-wracking of all of them because they were in our house. Very intimidating atmosphere. On the road against number four in the country, BYU outscored or out-rebounded K-State 44 to 31. And then paint points ridiculous they outscored us by 20 with BYU getting 42 points in the paint to K-State's 22 you read out all of those like all the, those numbers that I read out to you and still able to get a win but my goodness gracious hopefully we can manage to you know get the numbers up a little bit more for K-State in these next few games where we can get Yoki back in the next couple of weeks yeah I think that I mean BYU is definitely pushing us outside of the paint yesterday and that was just obvious they were guarding pretty hard I know Serena was one of the ones particularly that was trying to drive in and she's such a she's such a little girl but with so much power it's crazy to see her like take on the basketball court but she'll, she would drive in as hard as she could and pass it out and we just weren't having as much luck as I would have wished for but like I said we're missing a key a key what six five girly <laughs> down in the paint that we could usually lean on and I said this last year and that we're starting to see it now is last year was our chance to learn how to play without Yoki and then this year was now we have to learn to play with Yoki again um and it make those adjustments and then now we're kind of <laughs> we've gotten that taste before kind of leaning back on it and I think because of last year that's why we are able to still get these wins maybe not the easiest without her but still get these important wins without her on the court because this is gonna be our make or break moment when we can you know have one of our star players step aside and see how good we can really do without her oh no doubt honestly this is a testament of like this how much of a good job that coach Minning is doing this season because you're you've made like three different offensive defensive adjustments overall you know they're out just halfway through the season obviously your team is gonna have to like you mentioned Emma how can I have to learn how to play with Yoki again all right now after playing without her this whole time and then going off again and trying to you know play without her once again in this point in time and they've learned how to do that they're able to take some experience from last year but obviously this is not last year's team this is this team is better than last year's team so these these are games that I'm not gonna say I know for sure would have been an L if it was this time last year, but I feel like we would be having a lot different conversations. <laughs> Essentially, we probably would have had a lot of games that we probably shouldn't have won if it wasn't you know for Yoki being out there. But now that she's not out there, now that 
you know, they have to figure stuff out without her. We have a lot deeper bench than we had last year. You have Zana Walker just being clutch as she is. You have Gisela Sanchez coming up huge. You had obviously Eliza Moffin, who was a, a like a, a factor last year, but not as much at the start of the season. But now she's getting her opportunity and I think making the most of it. Coach Mitty and his adjustments that needed to be made and how he has these girls playing, but also what these girls are doing on their own accord. Because like when I talked to him a few weeks ago, he's like they're they're in they're in the gym constantly, and he doesn't have to tell them to be in the gym. Like this, it's that type of mentality that they have and that work ethic that they have. That I ne- I don't know necessarily if it was as strong last year, but it damn sure is stronger this season on what they're able to do. And because they're doing that, because this is a very experienced team of upperclassmen literally on the floor outside of a few with uh, Zayana Walker and Gisela Sanchez because she didn't play last year. This, like, this is this is a poised team. They're poised. They've been in this situation before. They know how to handle it. Yes, they're being out-rebounded and, having, and giving up more points in the paint and getting less points in the paint because Yoki is gone. But that toughness that has been instilled within them, also coming from the defense, they're handling this situation very well, and I'm giving credit to Coach Mitty for sure, for sure. Yeah, it almost feels like a little bit of a different culture this year. Um, and I don't even know. It's like some sort of like – I completely agree with you. I think that they're 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 so motivated, and you can see it. You see like uh, this momentum, I guess, in them too that we didn't see from last year. And whenever you're winning games like that, you want to keep winning. You want to see what else you can do. And they, they're getting a taste of these wins, and they're loving it, and they're going to see what else – I mean, how far they can take this and how far they can run with it. I also love, like we kind of mentioned it, the gap go. I think that that is such a fun little thing that fit not only the team loves, is like the fans are showing up. And, you know, this was all uh, the girls' ideas. Like this wasn't Coach Mitty or the coaching staff didn't bring the gap go. Like this was the girls' things and they take took it, ran with it, bought their Amazon goat and um, dressed it up, put a chain on it. And the fans are loving it too. And the I mean, the fan base is also a huge help in this and like I would have never imagined I go to a, like these women's basketball games and you know and I hate to be like this but women's basketball games just aren't as full generally and I'm going to this a full Bramlage with the crowd just absolutely insane louder than I've ever heard it in there like I'm just so happy for the women's team this year and how could you not play good with a with that kind of energy surrounding you I have no idea. I, I, I am so incredibly jealous of everybody in Manhattan right now who is able to go to these games because, like the last, the last K State women's game that I went to that was full to the to the brim was when they played UConn my freshman year. I feel like I'm aging myself. It was 2016. They played against UConn. Honestly, they I I think they played a fairly good game against UConn. UConn just was UConn in the first quarter, but K-State kept it tight and was going blow for blow with them for the remaining three quarters, and it was such a fun game. And it hasn't been like that since whatsoever. But the fact that this year I can I could hear the loudness, I can see the crowd on the screen, on the screen that I'm watching on my TV, and I'm like, damn. This this like, this this makes me so damn proud because I was at all of these games and all these games cat band I was all these games when I was doing sideline reporting and there was there was a lot of empty seats but the fact that you can see such a physical difference 
with not only this team playing well, but the people and the support they're getting from Manhattan, it warms my heart, bro. And I and I, and I wish I was there to to add to add my voice and all the yelling to distract the the opponents coming into Bramble to the Octagon of Doom. It's the Octagon of Doom for both sports, and that, my God, that's 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 all. I think that's all we want. I like that. All you can miss it. Look, man, it's like Manhattan is a three and a half hour drive. If I tell you, if I got a chance, if I'm getting the chance, and I ain't gotta go to work. I'm make I'm making the drive down there. I'm going to do it. I don't know when I'm going to do it yet because my job has me all over the damn place working, but it's going to happen. I told Coach Minnie I was going to come down at some point. I'm telling you, Emma, that I'm going to come down there at some point. I don't know when, and God, I hope that it's soon, but I want to witness this firsthand. I, I, tr- I truly, truly do. All the women's games that I've gone to, in my entire time at K-State through grad school, through undergrad, that is a total of seven years. I went to a lot. I went to a lot. Never in never experienced that stadium as full as it is now. And I think I deserve to watch it because they've been deserved to, to have this type of atmosphere. And I and I want to go see it. I I want to because this is this has been built from the ground up. It has it has been built. And I want to be able to witness that. That's all. It's amazing. You got him. <laughs> It's crazy. I know we're gonna have we're gonna have the chance to. We're gonna have the chance to. But until then, K State's gonna have to hold it down until Yoki gets back. And we know we talked about it. They have been. They were able to get three straight wins. Now Yoki, I guess, projected to be back around Valentine's Day, around February 14th. And that's I don't. It depends how her recovery is going, how her physical therapy is going. That's you know the least amount of time before she's able to come back was four weeks, and that is. February 14th. So there is at least four, three more games before that happens. That's against Oklahoma, who is just behind K-State in the Big 12 standings. Then you have Texas in Austin. That's going to be tough because it was it was tough here. Uh, and even when they had Yoki, but, you know, anything can happen, right? And then you have Oklahoma State. I'm not necessarily, I have not watched a single Oklahoma State game this season. I'm not going to lie. No, no disrespect whatsoever. I just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a busy woman. I just haven't watched it, right? And I know an uh, old K-State name that everyone will be familiar with, Emily Ebert. She's with Oklahoma State, so I find that interesting. She might have a little insight on K-State basketball and how Coach B likes to call things. Oklahoma State is 4-4 four and four on the season with Emily Ebert, so they have that. So the next three games, Oklahoma Number two behind us, the Big 12 standings, uh, Texas. Uh, that's that's the one that makes me nervous out of any of these. And, of course, Oklahoma State. And then maybe if this projection is correct, Yoki could be back by Iowa State, who was the number two in the Big 12 for quite a, for quite a, quite a while until they dropped a few games in the Big 12 standings. So I'm still going to be nervous. I know they like they've been able to eke out some wins these last three games, but I'm still gonna be nervous until Yuki comes back because they just like to stress me out. But that's just part of being a K State fan, Emma. No, well she was walking pretty nice at the boot yesterday, so hopefully but- she's doing well. I think that I think that we'll see her back and she'll be fine. Fingers crossed. Pretty soon. Ask Yoki to be my Valentine. <laughs> all of us, Yoki, we're gonna give you all the chocolate. All the flowers, all the cards for you to be able to come back on February 14th. You getting you getting all the love, girl. All the love from all the Manhattan 
And then going back to the dominant, dominant showings, K-State basketball, and if they could still remain undefeated at that point in time. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. I'm getting scared. All at the same time, such a range of emotions until she's able to come back. But that just is what it is. But y'all, that's really all that we have for today. All K-State women's basketball. It's going to be all K-State women's basketball because singing this to the cows, come on, they are the best team in Manhattan, Kansas. Actually, they're the best team in the entire state of Kansas. I'm saying it. Best team in the entire state. Show me the stats. Argue with your mama. I don't give a damn. They're the best team in the entire state of Kansas. Because, well, they're like the second best team in the entire country after South Carolina. And even then, that gap ain't very big, is it? No, it ain't. So that's what this, that's what's going to be. That's what we're going to talk about. That's what we always going to talk about because they deserve everybody's damn respect. But until then, until the next episode of Run It Back, we'll see y'all then. Emma, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details